Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and the website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, today we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Luke, and we are ready for chapter 7. Now, chapter 7 has a lot of lessons for us. I mean, it is just packed full of some interesting things. We deal, it begins with Jesus doing some miraculous healings, um, even raising someone from the dead. And then we have Jesus' testimony about John the Baptist. And just an an interesting uh, question sent to Jesus from John the Baptist while John the Baptist is in prison. And it's just... It's just really interesting, um, thought-provoking, I'll put it that way. And then the chapter ends with a woman who comes in and anoints Jesus. And of course, the Pharisees have a huge problem with it. It's just chock full of interesting things. And so I think we're going to have a good time looking at this this morning. This podcast is brought to you by you, the Patreon subscriber, and uh, those of you who generously support it through PayPal. I just want to make sure I'm taking a moment uh, as often as possible to say thank you for your support, especially during these trying times. Uh, This podcast would not happen without your support. Um, So thank you so much uh, for doing that, and all of you who are willing uh, to help make this possible, I'm always uh, I'm always humbled uh, by your kindness and your generosity. Um, so thank you so much for your support. Let's begin our study. I'll be reading from the King James Bible this morning. Let's begin with verse one, chapter seven. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this, For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. All right, so you have this centurion. I'm having a real real hard time with that word this morning. Centurion, he's a soldier, basically. And he goes to the Jewish people and asks them to go to Jesus on his behalf. Because he has a servant who's ill, and he needs healing. Okay, remember, he is not a Jew. Okay, but the Jews go to Jesus and they say, hey, this guy, he needs your help. And he's been he loves our nation. He's been kind to us. He helped he helped us build a synagogue. Please come and heal the servant. Verse six, then Jesus went with him. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurions sent a friend to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself. For I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. So this soldier 
he he sends word to Jesus as Jesus is on the way saying, hey, don't trouble yourself to actually come physically. You know, you just, all you need to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed. And that's incredible faith. It's faith. It's, it's amazing and astounding, actually. Because let's face it, most of us would be like, no, I want you to physically come here and... and but this guy's just like, all you got to do is say the word. That's amazing faith. And Jesus is going to acknowledge that that is incredible faith. Verse 7, he continuing, he's continuing to speak through the servant to Jesus. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned him about, and he said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. And it came to pass, and a day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of the disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said unto her, Weep not. And he came, and he touched the briar, briar buyer and they that bear him stood still and he said young man I say unto thee arise and he that was dead sat up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother and there came a fear on all and they glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited his people and this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and through all the region round about. And the disciples of John showed him all of these things. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? All right, we got to stop and look at verse 19 because it's, it's very significant, okay? John the Baptist... Let's remember who John the Baptist is, okay? Let's start by going to first or the, the Gospel of John. Okay? Starting with verse 6 in the first chapter, talking about John the pa Baptist. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now, let's skip down. John the Baptist is being asked by the religious people, by the Jews, and by the priests, and by the, by the Levites. They want to know who he is. Because they're starting to wonder if maybe he's the Messiah or something like that. So let's go down to verse 19. 
And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou, thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou a prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said unto him, him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. And they which were sent to the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptize thou then, if thou not be Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to loosen. Now, John the Baptist is certain of his mission, is he not? I mean, he's baptizing people by the thousands, people starting to think he's the Messiah. He says, I am not the Messiah. I'm not even worthy to, to tie the shoelaces, to, to latch at the sandal of the person who stands among you, which none of you know. I am one in the wilderness crying out, right? And making a way for the Lord. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Messiah. So John the Baptist is... Obviously, you know, the scriptures talk about how he was filled with the Holy Ghost from birth, right? Like, he's in, he's, in, he's a man of incredible faith. Matter of fact, Jesus is going to tell us in Luke chapter 7 here as we continue on that he's the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. Okay? But then we see this moment of weakness in John. He says, he sends servants to Jesus. Let's go back to the book of Luke, chapter chapter 7, verse 19. And John, calling on him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Are thou he that should come, or we look for another? In other words, he's saying, are you the one? Are you the one, or should we be waiting for someone else? Now, what has happened since then? Well, what has taken place is simply this. John the Baptist has given his whole life to this mission. He was living in the wilderness. He was eating locusts, remember? Everything about his life is this moment, is this work that he's been doing. And so now we need to go to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, let's see what it says here. If I can get my computer to work. Okay, so if we go back to the Gospel of Matthew, and we go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus. And he said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold of John, and bound him, and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother's brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. Okay, so, long story short, John the Baptist was publicly calling out Herod, King Herod, for taking his brother's wife as his own and saying, That is not lawful, that is not right for you to do. Okay, and so now he's been in prison, and eventually he will be decapitated in prison. 
is he will be a martyr for the faith. Um, but you have to understand, he had dedicated his whole life, and now he finds himself in prison. His re Imagine that everything, you've never been a part of the world, as a matter of fact, you've always just been about the mission, and now you find yourself in prison. John here is just showing a moment of humanity. And he's asking if we would just miss this so easily if we weren't paying attention. This just demonstrates that even the greatest of prophets, the greatest prophet born among men according to Jesus, can have a moment of doubt, of struggle. He sends messages to Jesus and says, Hey, are you... Are you the one? Or should we be looking for another? And does Jesus go, Oh my gosh, how could you have a moment of weakness? How could you have a moment of doubt? No. Let's look at what he says. And John, calling unto him, two of his disciples sent him to Jesus, saying, Art thou, art thou he that should come? Or look we for another. And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way. And tell John what things you have seen and heard, and how that the blind see, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That last line is very important. Jesus is reminding John the Baptist that there's a great blessing for those who would not be offended about what's happening to them because of the sake of Messiah. He's saying, blessed are those who, when they're persecuted for my name's sake, when they're persecuted for the faith, when they're struggling, and things aren't going well for them, that they not be offended. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Verse 24. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. Now you would think, maybe, maybe this is the moment where he's going to be like, "Well, I thought this guy was always, you know, always on cue, always Johnny on the spot." But no, that's not what Jesus says. When the messenger of John were departed, he began to speak to the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live de delicately are in king's courts. So he's describing John as a simple man with simple garments living in the wilderness, not living in any form of luxury whatsoever. Verse 26. But what went ye, to see, what, but what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea. I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. 
This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way for thee. For I say unto you, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, Whereunto thee then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you, and we have not danced. We have mourned to you, and you have not wept. For John the Baptist came, neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he hath a devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a guiltless man, or a gluttonous man, and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and of sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would come eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house, and he sat down to meet. And behold, a woman of the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And she stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and, and began to wash his feet with, her, with tears, and had wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the anointment. Now when the Pharisees anointed them with the ointment, and now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, they spake within themselves, saying, This man... If he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. So we have a woman here, and there's a there's a bigger prophetic picture going on with this anointment, right? Um, but from her perspective, she's just really begging for mercy, right? She's lived a very sinful life. And so she's coming and, and, and washing, her, washing Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears. It's a great picture of humility. And of course, the religious people are like, if this guy was really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this was. So many people have a spirit of religion. I see it all the time. You should see the comments I get sometimes. Some of them you see. You should see some of the emails I get sometimes. People just full of pride. Knowing everything. Correcting me on everything. It's very dangerous to have a religious spirit. We need to walk with humility. And not be like these Pharisees. Looking down on others. Here's Jesus' response. Verse 40. And Jesus answering saying unto him. Simon. I have somewhat to say unto thee. He said, Master, say on. There was a... And then he goes on to, to tell a parable, okay? Verse 41. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most... And he said unto them, Thou hast rightly judged. You see, Jesus is making a point here that those like this woman who had lived a very sinful life 
when she is forgiven of all this, she will love more than those who have been forgiven little. Right? I mean, think about it. Those of us, and I would put myself in the category, those of us who have in the past, before really coming to an intimate relationship with Messiah, who lived in all awfulness and wickedness, and I did. Those of us, we really understand the magnitude of our sins being forgiven. And some of you out there listening to my voice, you understand. You know exactly what Jesus is saying here. Verse 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house, and thou gave me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he saith unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they sat at meat with him, began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. And that's the end of the chapter. Jesus is making a point that the woman coming to him in humility, believing that he would forgive her. He's saying your faith has saved you. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed by this podcast this morning. If you have, um, please consider praying for me and my family and that I would continue to do a good work with this podcast every week. It's not always easy, friends. It's not always easy to get up early before work and to get behind this microphone and to do this work. And so I need to be strengthened often by the Spirit of God. And so please consider uh, a 20-second prayer for me and for my family. I would greatly appreciate it. I always need wisdom. I always need guidance from God. And then if you're willing to support the podcast, willing and able, please consider doing that. You can go to scriptureandprophecy.com and there's a support and donate tab there at the top. That's all I have for you this morning. Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Thursday with our tour portion for this week. Peace, grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.